Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. Hey guys, we're back! To talk about Adventures in Odyssey, the thing that we do on this podcast. Yep. Specifically this week, episode 685, The Green Ring Conspiracy, part 7. Yahtzee, we've reached the halfway point last week, which we already talked about. Wow. Good, good, good. Good recap. Great I'm, recap. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I have you as the, a co-host. Yeah, only the brightest and most valuable color commentary from this this half of the table. Hey. I mean, that's what we're here for, folks. So, uh, we literally have no context for this episode, Andrew. There's Every no... cast member has already been in an episode of the series. Great. It continues to be written and directed by Paul McCusker. It continues to air the week after the previous one. It continues to be track seven. Like, there's there's nothing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Very straightforward. Uh... Maybe, maybe, maybe here's the closest thing I have to context. It is the shortest episode so far in the saga. Interesting. It is still 22, ep- 22 minutes. Yeah, yeah. The I other ones say, have been closer clearly. to 25 most yeah, times. Yeah, like 24 minutes mostly. That is interesting. And honestly, it does kind of feel it. This episode feels very like very much so more transitional uh, than I would say the previous one. Like we talked a lot of good, you know, we talked up the last episode quite a bit and how much we enjoyed it. Um, and I don't think this episode was like actively bad. No, it's just like, like every few episodes we got to just do plot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that that is what this is. <laughs> yep. Is there a promo for this one? There is indeed, and I'm rolling it now. On the next adventure in Odyssey, Wit investigates Monty's mysterious disappearance. I want to explore that chip implant technology. But Emily's new friend might hold the key to an even bigger mystery. There's something suspicious about Buck. I don't trust him. He's friendly and charming and handsome, and and he's also up to something. It's one mystery after another, next time on Adventures in Odyssey. going to explore that chip technology yep by talking to the person who manufactured it (laughs) no is isn't that what he does no what does he do he talks to a connection he has at the the national yeah the person who developed the technology right i don't think so i does he say that i could maybe maybe develop the technology possibly manufactured it absolutely no 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 it wasn't like there i'll fight you on that okay technicalities i'll, I'll take that I'll that's take how that i out. that's how i beat andrew <laughs> yeah that's the only way not physically or anything no. don't look at the bruises he just he just doesn't he's he's not a technicality man i'm anemic i fell down the stairs on my own <laughs> you're also just sore from working out that too that is also very very real my hamstrings mm-hmm. ache throb if if you will so we start this episode with an entirely it's an entirely useless scene right yeah pretty much so so (laughs) tanner returns after having not been here for three episodes yep she then i should have you thrown in jail (laughs) three episodes ago she exited the scene to go to connellsville because she thought the pilot was waking up this episode she exits the scene to go to connellsville because the pilot woke up it is a day later, I realize, but nothing has happened in her life. She no. literally, she drove to Connellsville, the 
Dude wasn't okay. She drove back to Odyssey, and now she's about to do it again. I mean, how far is Connellsville away, realistically? Like, did she just spend all day sitting in the hospital, or what? I, I, I don't know. I, it I, seems I mean, maybe very she, redundant, Right, and though. so maybe she was out there doing suspicious stuff. But it's mm-hmm. just like... And I realize if you were listening live and these episodes aired, like, a month apart, mm-hmm. you might feel slightly differently. But it was ridiculous when she was like, I'm going to go to Connellsville to check on the dude. And I was like, "Okay, no, no, no. You haven't been in the last two episodes before that. You went to Connellsville to check, check on, on the, the dude. dude. Yeah. <laughs> he might Tanner. wake up. Oh, my gosh. He woke up. And then when he brings up backup, uh, when uh, Polehouse brings up backup because they have oh, a missing agent, she's like, uh, uh, yeah, of course I have backup. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're so bad at this job. Yeah. Like, she's She's really not good. Either you're an incompetent, like, secret agent or you're an incompetent criminal and neither one looks good for you agent tanner yeah yeah it's it's rough so yeah she she gets mad at wit and polehouse for mm-hmm. going out and vigilanteing which fair but also polehouse isn't quite a vigilante because he is in fact the law yeah he is a detective <laughs> so but yeah and he's but, not and a then PI. and then she gets like she gets all on edge of like oh do you guys not trust me but she doesn't like do anything then to try and reconcile that like she's she feel mm-hmm. it feels very petty mm-hmm. her being like you don't trust me where she could be like no, no no i represent the u.s government you have to trust me or i'm like throwing you in prison or she could be like here let me show you a couple things that'll make me trust you instead she does none yeah she goes i will not be interrogated let me go back to the <laughs> hospital that <laughs> i was just at yep yeah lead the scene run away right then that's and of that's, course i have backup i don't know what you're talking the about only thing i wrote down as New information is that there is that we find out there was a full tire track at the scene. Yeah, and the uh, the toothpick as well, right? Yes, I think that no, the toothpick is even later on. Yeah, like the toothpick isn't even yet. Like that's truly Tanner's just there to be like, I'm going to Connellsville. You guys should trust me, but I'm also extremely suspicious. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yep, nothing, nothing suspicious here. Uh, <laughs> the, the, okay, the one thing I will say that I do love in this scene is Polehouse continuing to be just, I, as much as he is a jerk, a frustrating character at times, I also am such a sucker for dry wit. Oh, yeah, no. And, and he, he says in this scene that he doesn't trust anyone so that he can't be accused of discrimination, discrimination. <laughs> which is fantastic yeah that was actually a really good line and honestly like yeah is paul house a great character i don't know but he is fun and i do like you know i do like his sense of humor i think it is like enjoyable and funny and it definitely adds to the show especially this arc um another thing that's established here wit brings up with agent tanner about uh the chip that's implanted in monty's arm he Wants to know if it could be used oh, to yeah. track him. Tanner is like, no, they weren't designed for that. And Wit's like, you basic. Of course they were. I'm going to go do this and check it out on my own. Right. Like, Because, right. of course, I know everything. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah. of course, Tanner lies to me. Why? I mean, yeah. I understand right. that. But 
you know, then Tanner leaves and Wit kind of pulls Pullhouse to the side and he's like, well, don't you think that maybe Tanner used the chip to track Monty here in the first place? And he's like, gasp! Oh my goodness! But also, why would she need to? She would already knew. Right! Like, she's if she's working with Dirk, yeah. bangs! <laughs> then, like, she doesn't need to track Monty. No, not necessarily. I mean, unless, like... I don't know. Yeah. It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense for her to be having exact location on him. Right, she has yeah, his phone yeah. number. And well, and also, like, like, he was missing, like, like mm-hmm. when she didn't know where he was going to go, and then he was at Wit's house, and then, like, he ran around. Like, she hasn't interacted with Monty at all. If she knew, like, since coming mm-hmm, to Odyssey, mm-hmm. if she knew his location at all times, why not just intercept him? Yeah. She's just bad at her job if she's a if she's the bad guy. I don't actually remember which side. I mean, they certainly set her up that she is sketchy and like she has some sort of nefarious involvement, but I don't know yeah. how. Yeah, if 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 all this is a red herring, screw you. Yeah, a little bit. Like <laughs> just 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 a wee bit. Um so uh yeah, yeah, wit wit kind of goes on this rant of being about being upset about mm-hmm. all the deception and all the lies yeah and i'm like all right yeah sure whatever we i guess we needed a moral you gotta um, pad the episode somehow yep and then <laughs> uh and then uh pole house gets an anonymous tip about some equipment being dropped off dropped off at the Hagler's junkyard and uh some you know some suspicious equipment and uh he then um Oh, this is where the toothpick comes yeah, in. Yeah, this is where the toothpick comes in. They talk about finding the toothpick at the scene. Um, you know, recognizes that Buck is typically the one who uses the, you know, who chooses toothpicks. Um, not too many other kids do that. Um, right. So they need to get a DNA sample of Buck without him knowing. So saliva on a glass, strand of hair, whatever, any of those classic crime tropes uh, for DNA so that they can match it with the toothpick that they found at the scene of where Monty was kidnapped. So, and then this scene ends with Pullhouse then leaving and going to Hagler's junkyard. Tanner obviously already exited. So, yeah, then... What? Oh, (laughs) then we get... Wooten and Connie! (laughs) One one of two scenes I really like in this episode. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, Wooten is... uh, He shows up at wit's end delivering their mail first on his route Mm -hmm. because he wants an excuse to talk to connie about penny because of their date last night and of course wooten's trying to play it off like oh you know it's no big deal connie reads him like a book knows what's going on and proceeds to list off all of these feelings that he must be having which is interjected by jess harnell making i don't know automatopoeia noises (laughs) like and, and not that Andrew. You're the future in this. Yeah, in <laughs> Jess Harnell automatopias. Uh, um, but yeah, it's actually really, really funny. Especially and, when they need to recast Wooten. That'll be me. That's what this podcast is for. It's my dry run as I grow into the role of Wooten for the show. Yeah, was that last episode that we established that you're Wooten and, and I'm, I'm Eugene? Yeah, I believe that was the previous episode. You just said I'm Eugene. You're you're Eugene. No, I know, but you said I was speaking on. Your I know. Yeah, yeah. But 
All right. I'm bad at speaking. This isn't new for the Chalk Squad or for you. <laughs> no. Of course, it's a great idea that Actually, I Actually, I podcast. edit this so well, it is new for the Chalk Squad. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Deep breaths. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Jess Arnell's noises just crack me up. Um, it's good. And Connie it's... calls him smitten, and Wooten's like, isn't that some sort of fl- uh, fuzzy glove wear? Yes, I can we can we can we like mainstreamize the word smitten? Yeah, it's really it's time great for it to come back. I, I was think. like, it, I was listening to it and going, wow, that is like so like such like an old school whatever. And also, I'm super into it. Let's 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 it's make some, it happen, it's folks. Some, some wholesome uh, attraction, romantic and physical kind of together. Smitten is a great. Great thing. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with The Princess Diaries 2, but there's a song about being smitten while playing badminton, Where Is My Kitten? Um, Ah. So that is what, you know, that is why the smitten word lives forever in my head. And that closes out our segment uh, Princess Corner, which has been on a long hiatus. (laughs) Well, you know, I was in school. I had to do other things. I do, I do appreciate that 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 piece of trivia. I might have to go listen to that song. After the smitten comment, Wooten says that it's like you're living in a refrigerator box in the municipal lot that is my mind. Yep. Which is his way of describing, you know what I'm feeling right, right. now. I, I would like to point out, because, you know, this, this podcast is nothing if not a careful critique of the AIO wiki. Mm-hmm. It, it, that may ask 90% of what we do here. <laughs> that they have the quote as, you're living in a refrigerator box in an invisible park of my mind. Oh. It's, it's municipal. Defi- yeah, it's definitely it's, municipal. It's, it's municipal. I like to think that that was added by uh, someone who, much like Jay later in this uh, episode with Adversary, just didn't know the word municipal. <laughs> it's adversarial. Um. So there's there's that. But yes, yeah. it is it is a good line and um Connie's like, Yeah, yeah, I'll ask her this afternoon. Yeah, but I'm pretty class. sure she is very into you because I saw both of you last night. Wooten's like, That's great. I'd just like to hear it from her mouth. Yep. And I'm like, Then you ask, buddy. That sh- I mean, honestly, you asked her out like literally thirty seconds after I know. having met her. This is when you got to follow it up. You can't start this way and not follow up. I know. It's such a strong come on with like a quick fade. Yeah. Uh, actually, I mean, I've is, been is that Andrew. Yeah, I was going to say that's definitely been my tactic. <laughs> come out of the gate swinging and then Real hard, just. And then just taper off, lower those expectations. Then, then your anxiety starts to kick in. You yep. start second guessing everything. Oh, yeah. You're oh, like, yeah. oh no, was I reading too much into this do they just think i'm a friend yeah you Did gotta I, do some interrogative was i qu- too questions. comfortable with them mm-hmm. oh my gosh yeah oh man never I been sh- there you've been too comfortable with them <laughs> no, what no I, I just said never been there oh yeah never certainly never once had anxiety induced by uh the pace at which i am developing a relationship <laughs> i have had anxiety induced by the pace at which andrew is developing a relationship <laughs> This show has had anxiety based on base in which I develop a relationship. Uh. Yeah. So as Wooten exits the scene, 
uh, Eugene, or not Eugene, Wit enters it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't fill Connie in on anything and just asks to talk to Eugene, who won't be until noon. Yeah. Then he exits the scene and and the scene ends. Yeah, yeah. Literally, Wit comes in. Connie's like, I have a lot of questions. And Wit's like... I'll oh get yeah, to no. Them when I get Con- to them. Connie's like, "How is Monty?" Because she knows that much, and he's yeah. like, "Uh, uh, it, it's complicated." Yeah, I want to talk to Eugene. Mm-hmm. I feel why can't bad you for do- Connie? Yeah, why can't he tell Connie? Why does he need to tell Eugene? I'm, Eugene makes sense because for the. I guess, assistance in the technological side of things? I don't know. Not really. I mean, it's kind of proven later in this episode that he doesn't need Eugene. Um, but, yeah. He needed to bring someone in. Tom's not around anymore. Like, so, seriously, though, is Eugene Witt's closest friend at this point? With Jack and Tom gone? Yeah, probably. I mean... As far as exist, yeah, I- Connie might be closer. Bernard's gone as well. Yeah, Bernard's gone. Right. Um, but like Connie, there's always been like a like a paternal kind mm-hmm. of relationship there. Whereas Eugene's a little bit more pure, especially now that he's married and whatnot. Yeah. Like it. Yeah, and I don't know, like, I obviously, you, you know if you're listening that we haven't listened to a lot of New Odyssey, and so I don't know if... They give Wit a good friend character. Yeah, like, I don't know if that's anything that gets developed, but it is weird to realize, like, oh, there's no one, like... Jesus is the answer. Like... His best friend is Jesus. Like, I'm... I'm is part of the reason that Wit in these newer seasons, in these newer episodes, has become more and more of a god figure, is that because he doesn't have a Tom or a Jack or a Bernard or a Bernard to call him on his BS? I I like, would argue, yeah, because like, there's a certain the, sense of grounding that having peers around you within right. a fictional universe like, does. Especially especially in the Tom relationship, where yeah. he could just be like, you're getting carried away, Wit, you know, or the mm-hmm. it's mad scientist time again, which is a yeah. Bernard line, or yeah. whatever. But just that, like, the fact that there were other people who were on his level and could speak to him mm-hmm. and call him out on stuff mm. and now we don't have it like i wonder if that would if that fuels some of this because even just thinking about all the maury crap we've been going through mm-hmm. like imagining tom being in those scenes like he would not let any of that happen that no. is for sure <laughs> no like th- there would be more of Anarchy. a yeah there'd be an intervention there'd be more of a conscious to it yeah exactly and I, yeah i hadn't thought about it in these terms before but i wonder how much of that does does color this experience because it's like he gets pole housed as his like you know detective foil in these episodes where it's like hey this is someone who i can like talk work with mm-hmm. um but he doesn't have yeah he he's lacking in people yeah, to he, speak into his life yeah he lacks like which is really weird to say about anybody. a fictional character but like 
But seriously, I mean, there's nobody, especially within the context of Odyssey, there have been characters in the past that exist in those types of relationships, and Paul McCusker worked on the show at that time. Like, it's not like these ideas are foreign to him. Um, and, you know, with the absence of those relationships, I think that, yeah, we do see the character of Wit changing um, and, and the direction in which they're taking the show as well, which is, you know, disappointing yeah. in my opinion, just because I don't think that it does the character justice, but I also understand that, like, th- there's other factors influencing it rather yeah. than just, you know, what co- creates a cohesive universe. And I would say that, like, in general, the stuff I've been listening to newer, like, wit is less central yeah oh yeah, like he sure. is far more a character who just like pops in to speak some wisdom or some nonsense mm-hmm. and then pops out yeah and so maybe like so it's not quite as necessary but i think the idea of the show moving him to a place where he just exists to speak truth into other characters lives aligns with the he also doesn't have peers like those two Mm -hmm. things are different aspects of the same decision being made yeah um and i don't know that like they're also in a tough spot where i don't know how easy it would be to introduce a peer like the other characters had been in there had been there for so long yeah even bernard is not a peer when he is introduced Mm -hmm. but kind of evolves to that point over time um, and Tom was there from the get-go, and Jack had the benefit of appearing while it wasn't there and mm-hmm. getting established as yeah. as a wit. Well, and as one of Wit's old friends, right? From and college. also has the history yeah. there. And so, yeah, it does. Just I don't know. It all kind of feeds into some of the stuff that I think I have a harder time with. And then it's interesting because. While all this is going on, we get a McCusker, you know, scripted, directed arc where Wit is more central Mm -hmm. than I think he is, you know, in the 10 years afterwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. And so I I think about something like Kidsboro or or like an arc like that, which then that was even Paul Harlinger. So that was, you know, I mean, that's right on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. But that his role in that with him just kind of being a voice that kind of creates the world in which stuff is happening in and then steps in to provide, you know, consult whenever asked, which I guess is just describing God. I was going to say. Yeah, very biblical. <laughs> um, certainly, certainly no lines to be connected there. Uh, but yeah, so yeah i definitely agree with you i i think that the lack of peers is to the detriment of i think of taking the of his character. i think i don't think taking wit out of the spotlight is a fundamentally flawed decision no but i think that coupled with no longer letting him be a flawed character is, is problematic right yeah. creates creates some weird stuff mm-hmm. well and especially because like, as we've previously said, it hasn't always been like this. Sure. Like, if you want to play this, it's the same wit character as before, and we're building on this expanded universe and everything that Odyssey does, you know, as lucid mismatched as it is. Like, you can't have him, you can't have the character of wit behaving completely differently in the beginning of the show to the end of the show 
when he's supposed to stay the same, relatively, you know, yeah. growth and whatever. But, uh, you know, Hal Smith would, would never, never subject Emily to what Andre Stoika Witt did, <laughs> you know. And it's not yeah. neither of those actors' faults. It's the writers' sure. faults. Let's make sure we blame who we need to blame. Yeah. Um, Phil Waller, looking at you. Yeah. But yeah, okay. That's 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 our wit tangent. That actually, yeah. Um, I'm glad I got that all out there. Now let's jump back in with uh, Wally what is it? Pol- yeah, Wally and Polehouse. So Polehouse goes to visit Wally. They have a fun, quippy exchange. Uh, Wally is cooperative, which mm-hmm. I appreciate, but gruff, which I also appreciate. Yeah. As opposed to your normal charming self. <laughs> yeah. He he goes on to make a bad call, though. So, I, I don't know how... Well, I guess... So, that that is basically where that scene ends. Mm-hmm. Is Polos is just like, oh, I'm going to look around for this stuff. Yeah. You know, it's in the back shed. And... We had a very specific tip-off. And Wally's just like, oh, okay. Like, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll you know... You know, you don't need to get a warrant. Like, I can yeah. cooperate. Yeah, um, exactly. But can he? <laughs> Time will tell. Um, we then jump to Eugene and Katrina. Mm-hmm. A fun scene at their house that kind of, I don't know, feel, feels a little out of place. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a ton that's established here, but Katrina has been looking into that house that they visited last night where Buck and Skint mm-hmm. were living. Um, and she's like, it's all very peculiar, you know, it's not... It doesn't look the, like a house that they would own, I Well, think yeah, is what they said last episode. Last episode, and then this one, she's like, look, I looked into it, they, there is a rental, but they're not actually, you know, the ones renting it, and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and Eugene's just kind of like, uh, yeah, like, I'm still hoping the best... The best, and he has a line that I think is really good, which is, "I don't think we should confuse an odd situation with a bad, bad situation. situation." Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, uh, yeah, she, he, he kind of confronts her about. He's like, you know, last time you were tutoring, like you had to pull out because you were too involved. Yeah, you couldn't resist getting personally involved with your students. This is like a problem that you have, and Katrina is doing the same thing like eugene isn't wrong for calling her on it but this is perhaps a different situation than before because of the severity of you know the factors involved yeah. um the 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 house that they got a key was given to a local businessman to do renovations which is the friend that skint has that obviously let him use the house as a front uh for you know buck's application and everything yeah but the main point is that no one is supposed to be living there and so they go and check it out are they going back to the house no 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 no, no, no. uh connie or katrina asks eugene to like talk to buck oh yeah yeah, yeah. um or she says she's going to confront buck Mm -hmm. about it um the thing that i think is really interesting is in the official guide for this episode for this scene is that this? There were cut lines from this scene, mm. so this continued that their kind of conversation back and forth continued with Eugene wondering if this 
her kind of throwing herself into this whole buck thing was fueled by the news that they could not have children. Mm. Um, and they recorded that mm-hmm. and then cut it because they were like, we're going to save that to tackle down the line rather than kind of putting it into the middle of this other arc. Um, but I think it is an interesting glimpse at at least what was some of the on-page motivation for mm-hmm. Katrina, even if it was not... If it didn't get to the final product. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that is interesting. And they they do... I don't know how much time they spend addressing that, but I do remember hearing a little about that post this. There is apparently an episode, according to the guide, on album 55 called To Mend or Repair. Okay. That is that is the episode that talks about that about them not have, being able to have children yeah interesting but very interesting yeah um okay then uh what then we, we get emily and connie at wit's end right um, she fills in connie on that she's going to go work on a case with buck mm-hmm. she's really charmed by buck and um and Connie, Connie makes a term yeah, comment yeah, yeah. when she walks out about her being smitten. Yeah, I guess everybody's smitten because um, and Buck, this Buck is, shows up. Yeah, and uh, Trask wants to meet with Connie. That's also established here. Oh right, because because um, Emily has the funny thing of like, oh, does you think you want? Is, you know, is are you in trouble? And she's like, I hope not. I couldn't get into much trouble with you know art supplies. <laughs> yeah, and then she makes a joke about her brother getting into a lot of trouble with eyeliner and spackle and what's the third item heck yeah i don't know and baseball yeah. glove really it's not baseball glove I, th- I think it's something boring like that i just remember it was an or a an or a some an or the articles because that's how my brain works <laughs> that is so interesting <laughs> um but yeah, so so then Buck arrives. Mm-hmm. Connie asks if he can come in. Oh wait. So the thing the thing I wanted to say just at the mention of Trask, I uh, this was episodes ago that we talked about this, but we had a conversation about like how so many people have um, money related names mm-hmm. at, from this arc, and yeah. like how is like what like Trask? What's mm. what's the deal there? His first name is Benjamin. Oh, that's that's the money joke. There it is. So. That I had that sense. revelation while Benjamin. editing um, one of the previous mm. episodes, and was like, "Oh, well, gotta say it." So, so yeah, and then and then so Buck Buck shows up. Mm-hmm. They go out on their um, date. Yeah, <laughs> yep. They're 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 going through the uh, woods, retracing Dirk's steps, but mm-hmm. Dirk's or Buck's pretending they're his steps between yes. Gower's Field and Hagler's Junkyard. Um, they have to cross a stream and. Buck holds Emily's hand as they go across the stones and is very well engineered. And Yeah, it's um, super well engineered. Like, like wow, it's really good and also very uncomfortable because... And he dials up the charm and yeah. calls her pretty. Yep. It's and then, easy to be a gentleman with such a pretty lady. Mm-hmm. Just laying it on thick, mm-hmm. the southern charm. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we get the eagle brand shoes. Yep. And then, Jay! Yes! <laughs> Oh my word, Jay 
He's like Woo uh, and Jay saved this episode (laughs) for me. Jay just like jumps out of the woods. Yeah, you know. I was on my way to uh, Uncle or my my uncle's junkyard, and I saw you guys snooping around and holding hands. Yeah, that was really cute. Over Guys the, are in love. Yeah, over by the creek there. And everything. Yeah, you heard me. Do I or do I have to say, say it again in Braille? <laughs> that line is is ironed into my subconscious. <laughs> I don't know how, but it is. It's a good one. Yeah, and yeah, there's just. I bet my case is bigger than your case. <laughs> and then he goes on to describe a literal case, case yeah. that is larger, which is incredible. Oh yeah, I was just talking about you know locks and stuff it's very much the uh uh him making like the car noises in the previous episode in front of buck which buck watching jay come up again must be like oh my gosh this kid yeah for sure (laughs) and yeah then then jay spills the beans real quick uh about the appleberry so fast where he's like oh man matthew's gonna be so mad when he finds out that you told buck about the appleberry and emily's like Jay, what? <laughs> you just told us about the yeah. apple fairy? Yeah. <laughs> and then he's... It's like, uh, gotta go! Yep. And then runs away. He, like, stumbles through... Oh, it's so, it's so you, funny. Yeah, and the, again, with, like, the audio engineering, like, the leaves rustling and the branches and everything, it's really funny. Uh, it translates very well. Uh, yep. Yeah. It's great. And then uh, oh, this is where it's established that because Jay also mentions that Matthew's shoes are the ones with the eagle on right. them, and because he's like, of course you should know who wears those, you know, the eagle brand shoes. It's, it's the, guy, the you guy you ditched at the carnival last night. Dun dun dun. And Emily is you know. like, oh shoot, yeah. I was concerned that I ditched him, but then I didn't follow up on that. I wonder if I ditched him. Yeah, and. And then uh, Emily kind of presses into Buck a little bit, and he's like, "Well, you didn't. You never mentioned that it was an Appleberry phone." And Buck's like, right. "Uh, look at the right. time. I've got to get back yep. to its end." Well, because she's a little bit like, "You're a child like me, even if you're older. How do you have an Appleberry?" Yeah, because it is that thing of like, right? You have to put yourself back in the time, and it was mm-hmm. like smartphones were very adult. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in 2011, but uh, there were. St- I feel like that was still very much like you had to be you know like pretty full grown to have a smartphone back then. Yeah. So yeah, so then they're going to they're going to meet back at Wits End later possibly with Matthew. Mhm. Uh Buck wants to reintroduce himself or something. Yep. Re-meet him. Yes. He not suspicious say, at all. No. <laughs> Certainly not. No. Um uh what? Oh, and then we jump back to Hagler's. Mhm. Uh, with where, Wally and Paul. Yeah, Wally uh doesn't have any printing equipment, you know. And then Jay walks in and is like what? Did something happen to it? Yeah. <laughs> Where'd it go? Well, it was there yesterday. <laughs> and Wally's like, Jay, what are you doing? And I'm like, Wally, what are you doing? Yeah. Why What's are your you, play what's here? What's the angle here? And then, and then afterwards, he's like, okay, finally, you know, I'll come clean. Like, suspend your disbelief, Pole House, that I am the terrible person and I'll be honest with you. Right. But it's only after he hides the fact that, like, the printing equipment came through the shop. Like, I understand him not wanting to, necessarily wanting to go to Pole House and be Mm -hmm. like, hey, I got the suspicious equipment. Mm -hmm. But when Pole House shows up, he should probably just show him it. Yeah, for sure. Especially because, like, when they dropped off the equipment... Like, Wally totally knew that this was us. Like, he was very much on it. 
and they tracked him and everything and you know like wally is no spring chicken in this situation at all which is why him being like caught in that you know jay like why are you blabbing thing it just feels kind of strange um just because it doesn't really feel like what that character would naturally do in that moment uh but again another instance of jay just blabbing something and it being like you know exposition that creates humor and you know drives the plot forward uh, one of the few bright spots of these, this episode. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not, yeah, it's whatever. And so he he's then like, okay, you know, if we're if we can get have a truce here, Polehouse, like, and Polehouse is like, yeah, all right, for a little bit, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he's gonna show him the equipment and also like, I assume fill him in on all the GPS related stuff. Yes, yeah, from About their the location and everything. Then we jump to Wit's End. Wit's up in his office. Mm-hmm. He gets off the phone with Diane, uh, who gave him a program to download um, to track Monty with. Um, Using the chip, yep. obviously. Yeah. The uh, the fun thing here, and uh, possibly unintentional, but like I like to think that this was intentional given some of the other stuff we know. Uh, so in the uh, oft-mentioned and incredible TV show Twin Peaks... Um, mm. the lead detective who works for a government agency, I forget where, probably FBI. Um, he has a, uh, like a secretary, um, back in the office who we never see, um, okay. who he's always making phone calls to named Diane. Interesting. So he's just like, he's always on the phone speaking with Diane, Diane. who's the person back there and who we never actually see. And knowing the... <laughs> paul mccusker's twin peaks connections i was like eh, perfect maybe just like a complete accident but if not pretty funny yeah that, it could like, just be a like a freudian slip type thing that he but... yeah that the that the unnamed government agent or the unnamed. unseen government agent in this scene is diane, diane. <laughs> yeah um i just liked that because immediately but if it was a twin peaks reference paul mccusker please be sure to let us know oh always even if you, if you can't say it on record uh, you know, just slip us a note and say, don't, don't, don't tell anyone. And we won't, we won't just, yeah. Just between you, me and the fence post here, Mr. McCusker. And I'm the fence post in this, in this scenario. Yeah. Well, you are taller than me. It's true. Now you've got that picture in your mind, Chalk squad. <laughs> so then, uh, Eugene shows up and Wit kind of fills him in on everything. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, Eugene's like, isn't this kind of illegal? And Wit's like, well, I've still got my government security clearances and so does Diane. So we're cool. And Eugene's like, why do you still have your clearances? And he's like, well, I can't really tell you that because that's what the clearances are for. <laughs> yeah. But also like, oh, such yada yada. Yeah. So yada yada. So like Eugene's going to hook the satellite dish on top of Wit's end. That's just always there. Yeah. Of um, course to to the computer so that they can like get monty's location through the chip that's implanted in his arm and a piece of software that was installed by or that was sent to with by diane and i'm just like boy is all of this just like sci-fi gobbledygook but whatever yeah i mean honestly it would have been more realistic if they just tracked him using his phone (laughs) for sure yep or maybe put an air tag on him Hey, hey that's relevant $35. $35. So then uh, Connie calls up to say that Buck's there. Mm-hmm. Or that she's going out for Eugene to 
you know, Handelbach when he comes in. Mm-hmm. And then um, Wit's like, oh, well, if Buck's coming, I have something for you to do. And um, In reference to getting the, the DNA. DNA. Which is going to be a comedy of errors next episode, I yeah. am sure. Because oh, yeah. I think Eugene, if I correctly. Eugene trying to get someone's DNA. Like, Eugene cannot be subtle, cannot no. be sneaky. No, it's not allowed. It's going to be rough. Yeah. Um, but I'm guessing. Maybe but... it'll be fun. And then Eugene's like, oh, actually, I'll fill you in on kind of on some of Katrina's findings yeah. as well. Um, Let's compare notes about right. the situation. Because there, it is kind of a convergence of these you know, two parties, Wit and Paul House and, uh, you know, Eugene and Katrina both have different independent relationships with the same person that are very connected because of that person's central involvement in apparently everything. Very, very uh, true. And thank God they decide to do this off screen. Yeah, thank goodness we don't get another scene of recap. <laughs> But, yes. I mean, you know, it could have padded it out for, like, another two and a half minutes. We could have, you know, could have gotten a 24-minute episode, but... The other thing we have in this scene, which I'm just like, man, Eugene, like, you've known Wit for so long. How is this still a surprise? But Eugene's just like, wow, Wit, you're being really calm considering your grandson was kidnapped. Yeah. And Wit's like, oh, you know, I'm not calm. I'm completely internalizing it. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that's that's great that's really great yeah that's the way he's that putting all hit. of his energy into hacking the secret services uh gps system yeah the embedded chips in the arms of gps that's totally legal and mm-hmm. very much would not get a normal person thrown in jail <laughs> yeah well and if anybody wants to hack our chips andrew and i are both chips now yes so, we are um, uh, i'm running the latest uh, intel 5g right now and yeah. i'll tell you what i mean the, the glitches are minimal uh i've only had to stop and buffer like three times today which is it's actually pretty good for me so yeah if you want to if you want to hack hack the world and find us uh go right ahead folks yep it's definitely easier to hack our bodies than our phones that's a joke. It's not. With that that being said. Yep. Uh, then we have a scene of Emily, Emily and, and Matthew. Matthew. Where no hacking is happening. Uh, Emily apologizes to Matthew for ditching him. After... Which is a good scene. A good... I agree. Yeah, good moment. And then immediately the script is flipped because Matthew... She tells Matthew about the phone thing, and Matthew's like, oh, Buck heard that? I don't trust Buck. And Emily's yeah. like, hey, you don't trust Buck because, like, you're in love with me, and, and I'm in love with him. And, yeah. And he's like, no, 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 he's just suspicious. Jay said, you're listening to Jay now? Listen to yourself, He's man. not to like, be trusted. <laughs> I don't trust him because he's, he's not, not to, to be, be trusted. trusted. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I'm going to use that. And then uh, Matthew decides to head to Wit's End on his own. Mm-hmm. And... Well, because there's this whole, they're, they're going to go to Wit's End together, and then, you know, Emily's like, don't embarrass me in front of my crush, and Matthew's like, well, I can't make any promises, because, like, I don't trust the guy. And, uh, and then he's like, well, I guess I'll probably, you know, I'm better off on my own. And, uh, and then Matthew goes, oh, yeah, you know, it's better that way, and... It's a very interesting, kind of somber way to end the episode. Uh-huh. With them. And then, and then Chris completely throws everything into confusion when she goes, "I'm on the edge of my seat." No, literally, I'm on the, the edge, edge of, of my seat. seat. And then scoots back, and I'm like, "Chris, what? this might be the least suspenseful 
episode break we've had in this arc or possibly in odyssey like in two as far as like multi-parts go with two kids walking to wit's end in the summer one one kid walking to wit's end because they're they're not both going together because that's the whole thing well because i'm like doesn't where i mean aren't they both heading to wit's end they're just not like walking together or what I don't think Emily's headed to Wit's End. I think Emily's headed home. Matthew's uh, headed to Wit's End. Okay, okay. Regardless, it's it's so it's yeah. so not suspenseful. Really, nothing set up in this episode built any kind of suspense. Yeah, I mean, last it episode was way more suspenseful included... when Monty got kidnapped. Yeah, Monty getting kidnapped for the second time. <laughs> but yeah, and then she also goes on to say, "When good people unite, the truth can be seen more clearly," which is an interesting take. Yeah, I think it's more of when people agree, unite, they're more self-assured. <laughs> yeah. And she go and she ends it with saying, and, you know, tune in or in and we'll see how this continues with the Green Ring conspiracy. And it was just like, so we didn't talk about it, but twice in this, this episode, episode, people said the Green, Green Ring conspiracy. And then her saying in the credits, I'm like, all right, we get you guys it. are trying so hard to make this name catch on. They, I mean, it worked. It did. <laughs> it didn't not work. But it is annoying. I mean, I'm gonna credit that more to more so to like the radio promos than than you know them saying it repeatedly within the show. Yeah. But yeah, I think Wit and Eugene or Pullhouse say Green Ring conspiracy. I know Wit yes. says Green Ring conspiracy this episode. Yep. It happens in the Wit and Eugene. Uh, discussion and maybe in the oh in the tanner conversation mm-hmm. earlier on mm-hmm. but but yeah it's uh and it's, that it's is fun. the end of the episode it is the end hey andrew mm-hmm. discussion question have you ever felt like matthew did after emily left him at the carnival that's a discussion question have i ever fe- i mean uh, yeah i've been ditched by my friends right <laughs> that, that's happened <laughs> Uh, friend of the show Nathan Haverstick ditched me one time and I got mad at him and so I got my nose pierced while he was out hanging out with somebody else and I don't hold it against him Uh, what about you Dylan you've ever been ditched by your friends 100% buddy yeah have do you have friends if you haven't been ditched by them no certainly not especially if there's a girl involved Mm -hmm. or in this instance a boy yeah well you know uh yeah also <laughs> how did detective Polehouse's biased against wally hag hagler affect his judgment it made it bad yeah it just made it so bad yeah all right um general feelings on the episode andrew thoroughly meh like lukewarm mashed potatoes i don't know it's there it's not bad by any means no it just it slightly it gets progresses the plot. Go, There's a couple charming scenes, and then it's it's over. Well, and you know, uh, it seems like with the Green Ring that like every three episodes, you know, one of them is really big because you know it takes place in over a day and whatever. Um, and For this sure. is this very much feels like the meat and potatoes for something that's going to be important later in this day yep. three yeah it's like like i said it's not necessarily a criticism i don't know how i would have made this episode better Mm-mm. but 
I wasn't, yeah. Yeah. Didn't super excite me. No, no. Like, there I mean, is there part more... of me covering these episodes that makes me think, like, could have this story been told in six episodes? Yeah. I, I think it could have been told way faster um, just because... Like, if they sped up the timeline a little bit and whittled down some of the tangential stuff that's going on, I feel like the amount of information that has been presented uh, does not match up with how much time they've taken to present it. Right. Like, I feel like at this point, we as a listener have a pretty darn good idea as to what's going on. Yeah. You know? Right. And we are, like, two months into it. Yeah, exactly. It it totally didn't need to be that long. Yeah. But it's not really hurting my enjoyment and I think I think part of the problem too is us analyzing it in this way. Mhm. Um straight whereas through, if for you're sure. just listening to it on, you know, a CD or on the radio or whatever, it's probably it's yeah. Probably not that big a deal. Man, a CD or a radio, how old am I? Um, if you're listening to it on the app. Yeah. Or, or the CD or the radio. I mean, I feel like with the, uh, with the Odyssey fandom, there's a good amount of CDs still going around. Probably. Uh, at least I hope so. Yeah. All right, buddy. Uh, anything you want to plug? Certainly not. Yeah. Anything for I you? Got, I got nothing. I just want to plug it being summer. Yeah. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere. Summer. You know, enjoy that. Yeah, get outside, get some sun, uh, spend some time with people that you love, rest up, take care of yourself, know that the the Wadfam Chalk Pod loves you. And with that being said, we will be back next week for episode 686, The Green Ring Conspiracy, part eight. Bye, guys. Bye. Wadfam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Libens Podcast Co-op. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalk Pod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. The Green Ring Conspiracy Part 7 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo, and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wadfam Chalk Pod.